Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. And in this episode, we are we are watching a movie which uh, we actually just saw today is uh, in, the, in the run for a lot of Oscars. Uh, not surprising though, because it was in the run for a lot of other award shows, but uh, we are going to talk about Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, of course, the, the which- drama henceforth shall be referred to as three billboards yes because i'm not saying that full thing every time three billboards fine title that's yes yeah. that's all you need fine title uh, so we'll start spoiler free as we typically do and then we will give you a warning somewhere in the middle before we dive into spoilers uh, so three billboards uh, if you have not seen the trailer the trailer's a good pretty good job of uh, setting up what the movie is but it's uh this woman pl- played of course by by Frances McDormand, and her daughter was raped and killed uh, six months ago before the movie started. And she feels that the local police are not doing enough to solve the case. So she hires or rents three billboards that are in the outskirts of the town uh, and puts up basically messages saying, hey, why is this case not solved? That's Chief Willoughby. He's an asshole. <laughs> like it basically, I can't remember the exact yeah. phrasing, but it was like, you know, why no yeah. arrests and then you know it was like three you know, obviously it's three billboards so they, they kind yeah. of fall down from each other the, the last one is definitely calling the chief out by name yeah. going hey why why are you doing this and that's the thing uh, and then you have sam rockwell who plays like a, a police officer uh, under chief willoughby chief willoughby of course played by woody harrelson so you've got a bit of a cast here uh, yeah uh, throughout and he is a bit of an asshole he's definitely racist he's definitely violent he has a temper he's extremely homophobic he's extremely homophobic and there's all these things going on and he's kind of almost the antagonist to francis mcdormand's character mildred uh, and that's that's the thing uh, and it, it's kind of like what's the folly of these billboards like how does that affect the town they want to take them down the character who sort of rents them out, who works at the local like office in town, uh, which is across the street from the police station, which was a, a nice little touch. I thought is like they, they could kind of look through out the window and see them across. Yeah, from each they, other. they do play with it a few times. I've seen them. Yeah. At first, it's just like okay, it's across the street. That's fine, yeah. but, but it, I, it plays nicely. I think it helps give it that small town vibe because it's like oh, I mean, sure, it could be on like the other one or two streets in the, this small town centre. Yeah, but, but it's literally just across the yeah. road. So it just tells you right there, no, this is a small town. It's not, it's yeah. not that big. Everyone knows who the chief is. Everyone knows uh, what's happened. Uh, everyone's involved in it. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's that's kind of the setup, and it's all kind of the drama that falls out from that. But it does also have a dark sense of humour. It's, it's kind of, uh, despite all the serious subjects that it's using, and it's more serious than what's even implied uh, from the plot, because obviously, okay, so this, this, this teenage girl was raped and killed. That's already pretty dark and serious. But a lot of the themes that it's playing with uh, racism, sexism, homophobia—all these things are in here, uh, and despite all those things being in there, it's also—it it uses humor a lot and shifts between tones. And we'll talk about how it's yeah, it manages to be extremely funny, and not just shifting tones to be funny. Mm. It's funny while it's talking about those other things. Yeah. So, I'll ask a question, Car. Did you enjoy Three Billboards? Yeah, I lo- I liked this a lot. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it as well. I I think uh, it's getting a lot of praise for a lot of obvious reasons. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, obviously the cast are the first thing that everyone's talking yeah. about. You know, I, I I always like Sam Rockwell. He's great and everything. Frances McDormand, people know her. I think in terms of good roles, they they think of the Coen Brothers movies first. They think of Fargo, like yeah. stuff like that. Um, but. You've got these, these this cast uh, who are great from top to bottom. Woody Harrelson is an actor who, of course, 
when he was up and coming and he was on Cheers, everyone thought of him as the, the idiot from Cheers. Like, but you know, over time he sort of again grown into like this this actor who's very diverse and does a lot of roles and. Uh, yeah, because some people you like sometimes you'll see him go, oh no, he's he's kind of the goofball. Even yeah. even even now he'll still play a lot of roles like that, and then other times he'll do very serious roles. Yeah, he'll he'll do Zombieland, but then he'll go to No Country for Old Men. Like he'll you know he, yeah. he flip flops. Like he's, he's yeah, he's very versatile. So. Yeah, and I think it is actually very impressive how it handles its subjects whilst also bouncing around different tones and, you know, t- taking these serious subjects but also being funny while it does it and then having a really dramatic moment and then making a little laugh out of it afterwards. And it's a very natural kind of way where it feels like this is how some people do cope with these situations is they try and bring humour out of these moments so that it isn't just depressing and dire and they're constantly miserable about life. Yeah, like, there are moments where... You know, like they're, they're full on joking about something. You know, they're, they're kind of taunting each other, and then something will happen, and it will like, okay, no, we're serious now. Just in an instant, everything shifts. Yeah, uh, and it's worth mentioning. I think this is a movie where there isn't actually a, there's not a single character who's completely good. Everyone is flawed. Yeah, everyone. Uh, everyone has issues. Some, I mean, you you sympathise with Mildred McDormand's character. Uh, at least at first because you know it's her daughter that's had this happen to her but over the course of the movie it, it makes it very clear that she is also flawed she she also has opinions she also uh, performs actions that tell us that no she is not a completely all there individual she she has demons in the closet uh, and you know it's, 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 there's not a clear good guy uh, throughout a lot of yeah, it I think the closest is probably Red the, the advertising agency man yeah who it's funny actually because the actor who's played him, Caleb Landry Jones, it was in both Get Out and he was in the recent season of Twin Peaks, and he was a complete shithead in both of those. He was shitty Steve in Twin Peaks. If you oh should. yeah, I reckon it was that. I yeah. don't. I didn't know he was a shithead in Get Out because obviously I've not seen that yet. He's basically coming up soon. He could play like the twin brother of his character in Twin Peaks and Get Out. It's basically, it's basically what it is. <laughs> okay. He's, he's, you know, he's, 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 he may not be called Steve, but he's still shitty Steve in that movie. Oh, of course, I saw that at the start of the year, so that was before. So, so shitty Steve was his twin. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but he does actually end up being quite sympath- sympathetic. I feel like Mildred's son is relatively sympathetic, but I, I think that's just by the, the byproduct of that he's not as around as much to get the development. He he's almost one of the victims of the unsympathetic core cast. Same with Peter Dinklage. He seems like an okay dude, but he's he's kind of there to show how other people treat him rather than he's there to have his own. Yeah, they're there to show. Yeah, these these people are kind of dicks, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're even, all... the, even the nicer ones are still kind of dicks. Yeah, they're, they're all flawed, and they, they all—it's a very believable sort of like levels of flawed, kind of as yeah. well. Like it, it's, it's like even when one of them's trying to do something good, it's like ah, but there's, there's these wrong reasons, or they're going about it the wrong way. It is. And, and and on the opposite side of that, even when they're doing quite extreme actions, it still feels like it's it's in that believable realm for this character. Uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree it's the best course of action, but I understand why the character's making that choice. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, strong characters, deep characters. It's definitely the thing it's, the movie's got going for I mean, the direction is good, but it's the direction of the actors that, more than anything, more, more than yeah. fancy shots. Not that there's not, not some nice cinematography in there, because there is, but... It, that's the, the script and the, the, the actors bringing that to life. Yeah, th- this is a movie that entirely hinges on its characters, and caring about what they're going through and the way they play off of each other, uh, and it makes for some nice moments. Because there's actually there's one, uh, one one of the big sort of moments in the middle of the movie is a is a is a oneer 
uh, where we follow a character across the street, go up into a, a room, and then come back down. It's all mm. one shot, and it's all very impressive. It's very technically really. You know, it's, I, I think it was the one time the movie went, "Oh, this is a nice moment." Just from a, a technical yeah. point of view, I was yeah. like, "Oh, oh, this is this is all one shot." I'm liking this. Uh, but and I like that because that moment is very much a character making a bad choice and letting their temper get the better of them. And it's I like that it all takes place in one shot because it's showing you just how quickly. Uh, this happens and it's not until it cuts where maybe the character themselves re- you know, kind of considers oh maybe I overreacted there <laughs> or maybe I went over a line for, yeah. for a split second because uh, the shot actually ends on kind of the new authority figure coming in who might you know have a problem with what he just did <laughs> so that, that, that's like a big a big thing in the movie um, and you, you've got that so uh, it's an interesting film there's, there's a little bits of controversy that have came from it as well uh, which I think could be an interesting discussion as well when we get to spoilers, uh, based on what the controversy is. Um, I think it has some surprising turns, not necessarily twists, but where the plot doesn't necessarily go where you think it would. Uh, I, mean, I, I think first and foremost, I feel like I was expecting it to focus a lot more on who killed the girl. Yeah, it, 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 early on, it kind of suggests, okay, no, she's you know prodding the, the police into getting answers, yeah. and it feels like we're going to go down that route. Yeah, and, and it kind of goes elsewhere. Yeah, it, it becomes more about the effect this has on everyone and how everyone's coping with it. I kind of, I almost, it's not got a similar tone or anything like that, but it almost makes me think of the leftovers, where it's not about the incident itself; it's about how everyone's dealing with it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's 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 a it's driven by its characters rather than its plot. Yeah, um, and and that's good. And I think obviously the endings downbeat and very ambiguous uh, I, th- I think there's a discussion to have there um, but yeah so no I, I think it's a very stro- strong uh, drama with a lot of comedy in there it's yeah it's a lot funnier than I expected when I went in because obviously there's there's moments of humour in the trailer yeah yeah mostly coming from Francis McDormand like shouting and swearing at people yes you she does her. that a lot yeah her, her being her yeah that's yeah. basically Basically, the thing. And this comes, of course, the director of uh, In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. In Bruges is probably a good movie, but it was so hyped up for me that when I watched it, I felt let down. <laughs> uh, Seven Psychopaths. I, I've, I've not seen either. Uh, Seven Psychopaths, I quite enjoyed. That was definitely veering more into the comedy. And Sam Rockwell is in that, so clearly he likes working with uh, certain actors. But yeah. uh, I enjoyed Seven Psychopaths quite a bit. Uh, so I think that's worth mentioning. Uh, also, Clark Peters was in this, uh, he, he was Freeman on The Wire. Uh, who I it's funny he was in the deuce in a small role this year and someone yes. pointed out in the comments and I didn't recognise him in the show and then but when, once he said that, I was like oh yeah I can kind of see that it's him now because uh, you know he had like different hair and yeah. you know, all, all whatever uh, but in this when I saw him it was like no no he's a cop again he looks like he was in the wire it, he, that's him that's Freeman I don't care what his character's <laughs> name is he is Freeman uh, thank you very much uh, even just the way he comes in and he's like you know try to like you know take over because he's like the, yeah. the, the the cop who comes in later on and tries to like shape the department up and fuse the situations yeah. a little bit uh so you know so you, you got big actors you got small actors uh, another small role and this one was funny because i was like who the hell is this basically francis mcdormand's character is divorced uh her husband i mean john hawks as well who's playing her husband uh yeah. very good actor as well uh, and a fairly small role he's dating like a 19 year old he's like having this midlife crisis where uh, it always always impresses me how many nineteen year old old girls in like movies like seem to want to date middle aged men, but it's, it's a thing. It's, it must be the yeah. money. It's, 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 
middle-aged men tend to have more money than college boys. That, or the reality is it's, okay, there's a lot of middle-aged men directing and making these movies, and it's a fantasy that they're kind of just slipping in. (laughs) Sure, sure. To be fair, though, they always portray it like they're having a breakdown and they shouldn't be doing it. So so maybe maybe not, but... uh, His girlfriend, I'm like, I know her face. What was she... What was she yeah. in recently? Uh, she was in The Babysitter, which was a Netflix movie uh, came right, out in October, okay. uh, which was good fun. But uh, that, was, that was where I knew her from. Uh, so yeah, impressive cast. Uh, really, really confident handle of its themes and its tones and everything else that's going on. So with that said, I think we'll get into spoilers so we can start talking just, about... Uh, oh. I just talk about the music real quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it has a, an incredible score, uh, honestly. I think it's it's in my... At the moment, it's in my top you know, three to five for for the year and it, it's it's for you know france mcdormand's obviously you know did a lot of coen brothers things i feel like this film kind of does the a similar tonal thing to to theirs it, you know with the balance especially when she's getting angry and she's like yeah yeah and uh yeah it's it's carter bell who does the score here who does a lot of the coen brothers movies mm. so you know just another link in there that in my, in my mind when i'm watching it i'm going yeah okay it's that's there. I feel like the uh, the source music stood out to me a bit more. The uh, the sort of country oh, really? tracks okay. and stuff. Because I felt like there was a few of those and they played at kind of prominent points, both at the start and the end and then a couple of places in the middle. Oh, that's uh, fair. But uh, yeah, so, so spoilers. Let's get the spoilers in. So full spoilers for three billboards. Um, so what I kind of like about the, the, the movie in terms of its themes, in terms of what it's doing... Is that ultimately by the end of the movie we don't have a, a killer, right? We, we've not caught someone. We think we've, we've maybe got the right guy at some point, uh, and it, it was kind of the ending that really sold to me. Like this is not about like finding the solution. It's more about the fact that these people have to keep living with what's happened and like yeah, it's them it's, dealing. It's not with... about getting answers. It's about you know what do we do now? Yeah, and it's about flawed people trying to get answers. And yeah, maybe there's some improvement. Obviously, Sam Rockwell's character Dixon, he's this complete scumbag, and by the end of the movie. There is some redemption, but not a lot of redemption. I mean, his character is actually where really some of the controversy comes from with the, with the film. Is some people uh, have a problem because it's, it's heavily like stated early on that he he not only is, is he racist, homophobic, and everything else, that he actually tortured a black prisoner, uh, yes, who may or may not have even been guilty. Uh, not 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 if he is guilty, he should he should be doing it anyway. But like that's a plot point that's brought up early on and it's referenced a few times uh, and there's some you know jokes about not that specifically but there's jokes at one point Woody Harrelson has this line where hey if we got rid of all the racist cops then we'd have like three left and they'd all be homophobic yeah exactly like, uh, and that was the thing uh, but except he uses harsher language might I point out like everyone does like almost every character in this movie when they refer to Peter Dinklage they use words that we're not supposed to be using for little people yeah I feel like this is something that is, it's, it's set in the south it's very mm. much, you know, okay, that's the idea of what it's like there. Yeah. So they've kind of gone, that feels more authentic than just, you know, avoiding it. Oh, absolutely. That's what they're going for. And it's part of what I'm talking about where a lot of these characters aren't necessarily the greatest people. They all have flaws. They all have oh, biases. Yeah. They all have these opinions. And e- even when there's a couple of cracks made to, to Dixon's character, you know, uh, where, where someone, because at one point he like threatens Welby and he's like, I thought you only beat up black folk. And it's like this sort of like dig at him, and then later on when he beats him up, he's like, "Yeah, see, I've got problems with white folk too." And it's like you know, it's poking at these things, but it's so where the controversy comes from is that he kind of has a almost not re- I won't say it's an outright redemption, but he has this growth later on 
where you're supposed to, you just kind of start to feel sorry for him because he, he does some things to try and help with the case because he starts to feel bad that the 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 the, the killer has not been found and he, he tries to get involved yeah. and do so even even though at this point in the movie he's been fired he's not a cop out. as he should be fired he went across the street and threw someone out of a window we'll talk about that scene oh yes we will <laughs> that was the one or that i was referring to uh, yeah uh but uh some people have a problem with okay so selby's a racist but at the end he's, he's got this sort of redemption to a point where at the end you don't look at him as an outright villain but some people have a problem with oh well he like we set up that he's a he's a racist and that he's he's been racist as a police officer, but there's never like all of his redemptive qualities don't come from anything that have anything to do with any of those subjects. They're, they're about other things. They're, you know, it's, he's helping Mildred's case rather than anything else. And we we see how awful it is with his mother and how his mother. By the way, his mother's basically just a character from It's Always Sunny. Can I just can I just say <laughs> she, that right she, now? That that actress, she is the the master of you know angry woman sitting in a chair. Yeah. Uh, and I think since I actually read a really interesting article. Someone uh, wrote a piece on this. The people have got these complaints, right? Mm. And it was a very interesting article, sort of imagining if the movie had been recast with a black actress as Mildred, right? And how that yeah. how, how that would change everything, and how the the subtext that it, if it was there would be completely different, because you'd be like, okay, so maybe the implication would then be that they're not looking at looking for the killer because they don't care as much because of who the victim was because it'd be her black daughter. And like, the, like those yeah. ideas. Uh, and that's not there. Uh, and obviously, I think the cynical answer is like, well, it's Hollywood casts a lot of white actors. That's why most of the main characters are all white. Like That's just the, the, it is. the, the yeah. cynical truth of the matter. Uh, but it would change the subtext. Uh, I think... It would I th- be a completely different movie, though, at that point. It, it would be a completely different movie. And I, I think... And I'm not necessarily saying this is the right approach to take, but I think with the way the movie makes it work is that it's saying that he's awful for a lot of reasons and the the awful stuff that we really see him do in the movie isn't necessarily related to that subject. Uh, it's set up that that's who he is in the past. It's set up that that's who the character is and he has a lot of demons. He has a lot of anger issues. He, he's anger, It's heavily implied that he's a, he's a, he is gay and that's why he's so homophobic. Yeah. It's, that's definitely an implication in there. And he's got he's got all this anger. Um and ultimately, when you know, he gets the letter, because obviously Chief Willoughby, played by Woody Harrelson, has got cancer and he dies. He actually, I mean, he, it's a very dramatic scene. He kills himself uh, because he doesn't want. He, he wants to go in his terms before before he gets sick and dies. And he has this like you know final day with his family, where everyone's happy. Has sex with his wife. Has a nice day with the kids at the the, the, the lake, and there's all this happiness. And he kills himself. And everyone's upset about it. And but he leaves a letter for for Dixon. And when Dixon reads it later on, and it's this thing, like, you could be a good cop. There's a good person in there. I, I see it, but you, you, you've got all this anger. You've got all these problems. You have to let this go away. Because I know you want to be a detective, and you have to let this go. Yeah, uh, and he goes, hey, you know, you know, detectives, they have to, you know, think. Yeah, they have to think, yeah. Not just react and fly off the handle. Yeah. Uh, and we see him do that in a very unconventional way when we get to kind of what he does in the bar. Uh, but yeah. I, I think what works about it, for me... Uh, is that it's kind of this idea this is just the start of his redemption and he's got a lot of things to atone for and this is just kind of the first step because it's the, it's the thing that's right in front of him that he can do something about. There's a... Yeah, there's a thing at the end where he, even at the end both both him and Mildred are flawed and given what they're, they're going off to maybe do they're clearly not right. They're, they're, they're not healthy people. Yeah. Neither of them are. They're, they're unhealthy in different ways. Um, and I think the... It's an interesting question. Like, can you redeem someone who is racist without having the redemption involve someone of color? Can you do that? Does that work? 
And I'm not saying that that's the movie's goal, so therefore it's failed in that. But it's maybe yeah. an interesting question to ponder: is can yeah. can they become a better person without ever actually showing them interact with that that that, that type of plot later on? Uh, but it's not necessarily the focus of the movie per se. It's just that he is a, a extremely flawed individual in a lot of ways. Yes, it's I'd say he's absolutely he's better at the end than he is at the start. That but is he, undeniable. Yeah, but he's not a hero by any means. Absolutely but not. This is the interesting thing of the movie for me, though, is that by the end of the movie, neither's Mildred. By the end of the movie, I think she's almost just as broken as he is. Oh, yeah, and she starts off in a much better place, of course. Yeah, because you just assume that, okay, she's the mother, she's the hero almost, essentially, of the movie. You, you, you want to root for her. But there becomes a point when she's throwing firebombs at the police station where you're like, you know what, I don't know if I can root for her anymore. That, that's the thing. It's like she takes the moment, she phones the police station to check that there's no one in there, going, oh, well, they'll answer the phone. Uh, and obviously they set up earlier on that Sam Rockwell sometimes listens to music, so he's got headphones in. And it's actually, at this point, he's reading the letter. So the, the station's on fire behind him. But if I'm going to be nitpicky here, I don't know if I buy because by the time he actually like gets uh, the window gets You'd smashed, think he'd smell it, uh, yeah. Smell it or just feel the heat, like because by, t- by the time he turns around and he sees it, it's like a wall of flames. It is. I just love how <laughs> oblivious he is, though. Like just that plays to it. It pl- yeah, it plays thematically that he's he's so oblivious. That he's he's not thinking about the world around him. He's not and doing these things. This is why I think part of this works for me. You know, you said, oh, he yeah, he doesn't do it. He doesn't interact with people of color. He doesn't do anything else. He's solely focused on this one case because he's still oblivious. That's still who he is. He, has, he hasn't widened that yet. This is yeah, no. what was in front of him. This is what literally falls into his lap at one point. And just, you know, that he's just sat in the bar and it's like, oh, hang on. Here's something. I, I just think, I, I think, I think the controversy, and it's not a huge controversy. I don't seem like a lot of people bring it up, but I have seen just sort of pockets of it on the internet and just, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's an interesting controversy. Because I don't feel like it's been so blown out that it's like a big loud noise, but at the same time, I think it's asking interesting questions. And it is. I, I think it's maybe there is some nuance there that I, th- I feel like if you are just going to like say, "Oh, this is sending this message," I don't think it is. I, I think it. This is a movie about a lot of flood characters, and I, I, again, like there's no like resolution to like you know Peter Dinklage's character James, like he he's like asking. Mildred out on a date, and he eventually sort of lies for her to cover for the fact that she's the one who fired the, uh, you know, through the firebombs at the police station, uh, which she does because she thought the police police officers fired, uh, you know, set the fire to the the billboards. The billboards. Yeah. She, she thought they'd done that, so she was doing this, and uh, we find out later it was actually the ex husband who did that when he was drunk. Yeah. But he covers for her, and like the kind of like she's like, oh, just go on a date with me, and that can be. And he's not like actually coercing her into it. He's actually just like. It's almost the way he's flirting. He's like, hey, well, I've been wanting to go on a date, but yeah, why don't you do that? And that can be the thank you. That's fine. And they go on the date. And by the end of the date, he ends up having to storm out. And he's like, no, nah, like, this is a joke to you. You feel embarrassed that you're here with me. And he throws the, you know, the his napkin down. He leaves. And there's never, like, you know, I think at that point, you maybe expect, oh, later on, she'll go and apologize, or there'll be some sort of redemptive scene. But there never is. That's not what, yeah, exactly. That's not what this movie is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's showing, no, no, no. Things aren't as simple as that. Life isn't neat. There are, you know, that doesn't always happen. People don't grow instantly. It takes time. Sure, you know, some of them are getting better than they were. Some of them are maybe in worse place than they were, but not to massive extent. Still, no one's dramatically changed over no, the course of the movie. They're, they're growing, but not necessarily in a healthy way. And you know, like you feel like Sam Rattle's character's taking some lessons on here, and that's why he he tries to help find the the killer because he, he's he's in the barn. He overhears this conversation, this guy bragging about a crime that sounds a lot like the the murder of the girl. Yeah, 
And it's worth mentioning as well, the guy who's bragging, we saw in one scene before this. Because once the billboards have been up for a while, this guy comes to the, the, the store that Mildred works at and, like, just kind of, like, creepily implies, oh, it could have been me. You know, and he kind of, like, makes this insinuation. Yeah. And then he says it's not, and he leaves. But it's a really creepy scene. It's, it's, a, it's a good scene from a suspense point of view. It really works. Yeah, and she's terrified. And then we hear this in the scene, and it's like, okay, that lines up with what we heard earlier on, if it actually is him. And... Uh, basically Sam Rutherford's and I got this as he was doing it these silly ideas to uh, basically he scratches the guy in the face to get his DNA knowing that he's going to get the shit kicked out of him for doing it and he takes the beating he doesn't go looking for this he's not out there going oh I've got to solve this case he's sitting there and he hears it and he's like this is a chance yeah it's a chance but it's still flawed how he does it not because and I mean obviously there's some surface level stupidity of how he does this right it is but it's still flawed because i feel like in his mind this is like his penance taking these hits like this is my punishment for who i've been yeah it, it, it this is his way of going i tortured someone but it's not I'm enough i'm gonna get beat up as well no this, it's not this is the thing it's not enough at all it's not about you getting punched because you punch someone else there has to be more to it than that uh, and obviously a, a big thing about it as well is after the the, the, the burning because this is after he's been in the hospital for a bit uh, he put you know, well being in the hospital after they threw him out the window, which is a fantastic sequence. You know, it's basically after the chief's killed himself, and people are kind of blaming the billboards for pushing him over the edge, even though we know it's not, because he sends a letter to Mildred saying, "Yeah, I paid for the next month of the billboards because people I thought it'd be funny. Like, yeah, you'd, you'd have to hear people. <laughs> this like... is, I love the chief. He's got such a, you know such a sick sense of humor. Because mm. he's again, he's he's flawed, but he's a very genuine person. He's like, no, no. I'm trying, but there's nothing I can do here. We exhausted all our options. And that's just what happens sometimes. And, you know, and obviously Mildred gets very militant of going, yeah, well, we'll just put them all on a list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she, she starts like, oh, everyone should have their DNA taken at birth and then you can check it. I think she like just a, says all the men. Was all the men specifically. Yeah, but yeah. I, Either way, she's basically saying that and he's like, there's some civil rights laws that really prohibit that yeah, in yeah. particular. But, that's the thing. She thinks they're not doing anything. Oh, by the way, see when because uh, this was quite early on in the movie when they had this conversation, and she said, "Oh, we should go and round up all the men in town and take all the DNA for anyone over the age of eight. See, at that point, I didn't know what age her daughter was, and did you think her daughter was much younger because of that line? No, I did. Because why would you test a nine-year-old for this crime? It's a good question. Because when she said that, I'm like, oh hell, because I think at first I thought, oh, it's a teenager because she was raped. Right, I mean, obviously, there's people that sick, sick out here who will go younger than that, but that, that was my assumption. But then she says, over the age of eight, and I'm like, whoa, how young was she? Like, no, how... no, I, no you, you've got a point, but it yeah. never crossed my mind. Uh, and then when we find out, you know, we get the flashback and we see what age she was, I'm like, okay, so why do you think a nine-year-old's <laughs> involved in this? I think this is just showing her being really extreme. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. Uh, actually, that flashback... Uh, I, I liked I liked the uh, the harsh language between the mother and the son. That was kind of amusing to me. Admittedly, I don't drop C-bombs with my mother, but, like, you know... Uh, you feel like you could get away with one, maybe. Not a C-bomb, I don't think, but, like, oh, you know... I could I, with mine. <laughs> I, I'll say shitty things back and forth to my mother, and it's just kind of a normal... There's the way we speak, right? Yeah. So that's, what, that's like a very natural thing that you never see in movies where, you know, they'll just say awful things to each other. Uh, what I didn't like about that flashback is I did think the final moment where, she, like, they're, like, she's fighting with her daughter. Yeah. And, yeah, and she's, she literally shouts out, I hope you get raped. 
Uh, I thought that was just a little too specific. Yeah, I didn't need that being, you know, her final words to her. I was like, no, 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 it was fine. You had an argument, she stormed out. It was I mean, enough. On, yeah, honestly, I didn't even need the flashback. I mean, even though I enjoyed the rest of it, I don't think we actually needed the flashback to sell us... I get it, she's a grieving mother. Like she's. It happens, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't need that much. Uh, but what were we talking about before we, we sidetracked? Uh... <laughs> Willoughby being very genuine. You know, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. genuine, but he's, well, he's got this sick sense of humour, like you say. You know, like yeah, yeah. He, he pays for the bubble. It's just because, yeah, shits and giggles. Yeah, which is what leads to Sam Rockwell. Uh, he blames Willoughby for, you know, putting up the billboards. And he, he storms across, and we follow him from behind, the camera's behind him, we follow him across, in the door, up the stairs. Music, music's really ramping up. Yeah, it's ramping up. He smashes the, the, the you know, it's a glass door, you know, one of those front Gets glass his, doors. Yeah, his baton out and just smashes it. Yeah, and he goes up, and he punches him a couple of times, and you're like, oh, okay, this is quite dark. And then he smashes the window upstairs as well, and you're like, what the hell's he doing? Oh, shit. And he, he throws him out, and you actually see Welby roll off the sort of roof, yeah. and go off the side, and then we go back downstairs and, with him. As he punches the, the assistant woman in the face on the way out. It it does, which again, a big, like, uh, big uh, you know, palm into her nose. Yeah, it's it's a very it's very quick and ruthless, isn't it? it? You know, it's, very eff- efficient. Yeah, he he do, he doesn't care. There's who's no passion hitting. in it in the way. Yeah, you know, you know, when when he's beating up Red, there's passion in what he's doing. It, he's 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 angry, but when it, when he hits her, it's just like you're in my way. Go go away. It's it's very sociopathic. Yeah. Uh, he he just it's not at least to that. I mean, I know you're saying it's not angry, but it does kind of tie to that anger inside him. Where he just thinks this is okay. He he. Oh yeah, he doesn't. I mean, in in the same way, he doesn't have the the passion. The, you know, he doesn't care who this is. Yeah, it's, it's just, not emotional. Uh, this is just someone in the way. But so but get. I think that's why why it lends credence to the idea that he's got that anger in him at all times. Yeah. That's just base level. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the passion of like him attacking him because he you know he cares for his chief. Um, but you know, as again, he he's he's a messed up character. He is flawed. You're not really supposed to like him in any great sense of the word. No. Uh, by the end of the movie, all you have is this hope that maybe he can get better. Yeah, you, maybe. you maybe you start to like parts of him. Yeah, you like the idea of okay, he can get better. Yeah, well, which is why I, I, that's where I think the controversy kind of falls down for me is I don't think you're meant to really be rooting for him or see see that he's redeemed himself by the end of the movie because I think no, no he's still messed up. He's on the path to being redeemed, but. Early he's, on the path. Yeah, he's st- he's still a messed up character. He's still uh, as is Mildred. By the time Mildred's firebombing yeah, places, well, the pair of them are going off to maybe dish out some vigilante justice. Yeah, because this is the thing. So he gets the DNA. Uh, Freeman from the wires, like, oh, hey, you kind of did good, kid. Um, and he looks into him. He's like, oh, but it can't be him. He's, he's got an irritated alibi. He's like, but what's the alibi? And it, it it he's like, oh, his commanding officer. You know, told us where he was, and it's like, okay, he was out of yeah, the country. He was out of the country, it's classified, and he has a commanding officer. Yeah, just think about that. Think about what we're and saying. He goes, Do you need a clue? It was Sandy. <laughs> but this is the thing, and he he like, kind of puts this together. He's like, okay, so what he was bragging about was probably just something he did over there. He did something similar, and it's like, and he phones Mildred and he apologizes, like, hey, I'm sorry, I got your hopes up. Because this is the thing, when they sit in that swing and he, he comes over, he tells her, oh, we might have the guy. This is the first time they've been in a scene together where they don't want to kill each other. It's kind of like the the first you know non-hostile scene they have. And when he calls her again, he's like, oh, sorry, I got your hopes up. It's like, well, it's the first day I've had hopes for a while. He's like, hey, he's maybe not your killer, but he is a killer. Mm. And he lives in Iowa. And she's like, you know, it just so happens I was thinking I'd be going to Iowa tomorrow. Like, you want some company? 
And of course, they get in the car, and the, the final scene of the movie is them in the car, just leaving town, just driving out. And there is this kind of question, like, when they get there, will they go through with it? Yeah, because they're kind of talking, you know, they're, they're like, are you sure about this? And they're like, no, not not entirely. But and here we are. And I think for me, that's what, that's the importance, probably the most important scene in the movie, just to tell us what the movie's really about, if you're not getting it to that point. This is about the uncertainty of actually getting over things and getting through things. Yeah. Um, where both of them clearly cannot healthily move on from anything. Both of them can't do that. Yeah, they, they're moving the obsession from the billboards to this man, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and you like to think that they, they won't actually go through with it. This is just a coping thing. They'll, they'll get close and not do it. But then, there is a factor that we've not considered here. Is that is, uh, Do they encourage each other into it, almost? The, well, I was going to say that. I mean, that's true. Yeah, they, they could encourage each other into it. I mean, even though both of them are kind of lukewarm on it, but they kind of like ramp each other up. That's a possibility. Yeah. But the other thing is, though, is she's going to recognise him. Yeah. She, she's seen him in that scene earlier on. When she sees who that is, th- th- look, if she was hesitant, once she sees who it is and recognises the face, she that would maybe push her over the edge. It might, yeah. Um, and it's like... And I, I think it's you know it's another example of you know violence begets more violence. Well, that's it. It's because they both know this, this man relished in what he's done. Mm. Uh, obviously, he was bragging about it to his friend at the bar. But to her... He was just like, yeah, you know, it could have been me. I could have done that. I bet, I bet I'd have enjoyed it. You know, it's the idea of, you know, maybe they didn't do this now, but they like what they did do. Yeah. Uh, so, no, it, it's definitely playing with extremely... Six, maybe not the right word, but extremely damaged people. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that that's kind of the thing. And you see it through both of them. And I think by the end of the movie... Uh, like obviously you're still naturally on her side more than his because she's not done as much as he has like you know you've heard about him torturing people you've seen him be homophobic you've seen him do all these awful things Uh, and actually there's a moment in the movie where I thought he was going to kiss uh, some like a guy like uh, it's after it's when they're crying in the bathroom after finding out about the chief Uh, and the, the death sergeant's just kind of holding him, and I'm like, well, are they a thing? Like, uh, they're not, but the way that he was kind of holding him, it was kind of like, oh, th- th- like this is... No, no, that's it. He plays into it for safety, because it's like, no, this is this is nice. And you've got, like, just all the little bits to make up his character. He, you know, he still lives with his mother, and he, he's he's very... Like, he still gets advice from her about things that, you know, about, her, about his job that he shouldn't be asking his mother for advice about. Yeah, and she's like, I'll phone up and, you know, I'll get up you to get your yeah. job back. And he's like, no, no, that's embarrassing, Mum. Stop that. Yeah, he's definitely... They really play him as someone who's still, like, 12. He's not, he's not, he's not yeah, matured. He's, he's not matured, yeah, that, yeah. That's the point. That's why he's like this, because he doesn't know any better. And he's only just essentially going through adolescence. So, you know, this, this letter from, you know, the chief is kind of like him getting a speech from his father. Yeah. You know, going, okay, it's time to grow up. And it's maybe the closest thing he has to a father figure. You know, cause he's, oh, I think it absolutely yeah, is, yeah. Because his father's been gone since you know, birth, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly a long time. Yeah, we don't get anything of him, but it's clearly he's been gone for a while. Yeah, it's clear the chief has been that role to him. Yeah. Uh, but you get the sense that he's supposed to, you know, he tries to live up to this image that his mother wants him to be in. You know, like, obviously that's maybe why he's so closeted if he is gay. Like, he's really... You know, she she'd disown him for a uh, start. Yeah, yeah. and and, and you know, that's part of maybe the source of the anger is he's he's covering it up and he's taking out his frustration of not being who he is by being this way. And it, yeah. like there's a lot of complex things going on. There's a lot of uh, explanations as to why the character is the way he is. Um, and I think this is why I like this movie so much because the characters are so complex. Like it's really hard to just boil them down at anything 
you know, at any point in the movie, you can go, oh, this is where they are now. Oh, not, yeah. Not really. But I think at the start of the movie, you can do it. But then as the movie goes on, it develops from too much. Sure. To, you, you can maybe it, do it for the first year, 20 minutes. Yeah. At the start of the movie, Mildred's the, the, the victim mother. You sympathize with her. She's your hero. Uh, Dixon's the racist, homophobic cop who is an antagonist. Uh, Willoughby's not an antagonist, but he is a problem because he lets the system. He, yeah, well, he's, he's, he's the system. He lets these things happen yeah. because it works for the system. Yes, but he's ultimately he is kind of a good guy. Yeah. Like, even in even in those early scenes where you know it's clear that he's letting this go on, he's still coming across as you know a reasonable man compared to say Dixon. But by the time we get to him killing himself, it's like no, like he's he's taking this option out, and even though we understand why he's doing it, like you know you can't necessarily look at him as a, just a completely rational, sane human being at this point oh, in the no, movie. Of like he's he's past that. Uh, everyone is flawed, and again, going back to that whole off, we got rid of all the racist cops, and we only left with like three guys who are all homophobic. Um, like the fact that he like thinks that's okay, and like you know, do you know what? That's the thing. I don't know if he does think that's okay, but he's like, this is the best I've got. This is what I'm working with, because this is what everyone here is like. To him, I don't, you know, I don't know if if he that's how he sees it. Well, he may not be necessarily okay with it, but I, I don't want to say that he definitely definitely has that, what you just said, that, that, that frame of reference, that frame mm. of mind, uh, mainly because he also uses a lot of language throughout the movie that implies that, he does, you know, he, yeah. he, you know, like, he doesn't refer to them as gay people, he uses another word, and so on, like, it, it's, yeah. it's very consistent, the way... It, it, the way he does it, though, it's all very much, no, this is the culture in the area, this is just the way it is, mm. and not, obviously that's not right, but to him, that's, that's a normal... And then Dixon is too far. Yeah. yeah. Even even by his standards, he's like, no, no, no. He is too far. He's aware of it, that. I mean, the movie in a lot of ways is kind of an exploration of, of a place like this with, with all these characters. And it's kind of like, okay, this is why a lot of these people are like this. Like, how, how is, is there room for growth in here? And if it, if it can happen, how slow is it going to be? And how, like, yeah. you've got you've got all these elements um, that, that are going on. Uh, it yeah, so there's a lot of things going on. Uh, Mildred's friend, actually, who works at the store uh, with her, uh, did you recognise her? Vaguely, couldn't tell you who she, she was. She was the mayor in season one of Leftovers. Ah, uh, yeah, I see it now. Yeah, so she. Yeah, she was her. Uh, so yeah, just a, a small role there, but she, she, uh, you know, at one point she gets arrested because they can't arrest Mildred directly, so they they bust her. Go, for go after small. her friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that's a, that's a whole thing, and they, they do a lot of things to try and get her to take the boards down, kind of you know various harassment things. But, but I, what, one of my favourite scenes, personally, is again you know showing that the characters are complex. Is it's when uh, they've arrested Mildred, and you know they've got her in the the interrogation room. She's riling up Dixon, uh, and you know Willoughby comes in, and you know they're kind of giving each other shit for a few minutes, and you know it's all very you know taunting each other, and then he starts coughing up blood. And she instantly switches. She's like, oh, that's not important. You know, she's like, all right, let's go get help. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. And she, she instantly changes to like... like, they're, they're like she, she gets so soft immediately. And she starts shouting for help. Yeah, she doesn't, doesn't glee any pain. She doesn't do that. Uh, it's worth mentioning why she's there, of course. She put the uh, the dentist drill in the thumb of her dentist because the dentist... Oh, yeah. Just, just as he was going into the, the teeth of the drill, was like, you know... I believe in Chief Willoughby, and because up until this point in the movie, he wanted right. to go in without any anaesthetic. Yeah, she had to. She had to talk him into it. <laughs> She's like, yeah. "Yeah, can I get some anaesthesia, maybe?" Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is why I don't like dentists. 
<laughs> but the uh, the yeah. So so up until that point, up in, up until his suicide, the town sees it as her versus him, and then things change, and everyone kind of like turns on her a bit more than maybe they had before because like it you know paints her as this like antagonist. Yeah. To the, town. the idea that because she called him out by name, they kind of think, well, okay, that's the end of that. She won, basically, is what is the way they see it. So she won, so she becomes vilified because of it. Yeah. Uh, so, no, it's playing with a lot of things. And even the fact that even earlier on in the movie that some people are against her billboards, even though... They're on her what, side, what like she, the, she the priest. Yeah. Oh, the, the priest. Oh, that's a fantastic scene. Uh, where she just, like, tells him to basically go F himself, but in a very long, drawn-out scene. You know, talks about... Uh, like you know, altar boys and what priests make up to with them. There's a lot of really, you know, dark yeah, stuff yeah, she brings yeah. up to this priest, and then you know says, you know, finish your coffee and get out of my kitchen, and then her son just sitting there goes, well, well, thanks for coming, father. Yeah, yeah. Just excuse it on. Yeah. So you know, it has a lot of these dark things, but it it, it makes the these light moments out of it uh, with with the ending moments, and you know, it, it it has, and I think ultimately what that does to the movies though is it it makes it feel more genuine and realistic because the characters. Do have humour in dark moments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess we should rate the movie. Yeah, we can do this. We we usually do that. Go on then, out of ten. I'm, what you, what uh, I'm, I'm just glancing at you know because I I already wrote this down. Just glancing to see if I if I've changed my mind. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, no, I'm sticking with that. Eight point five. Hmm. Um. I think I'll agree with that and go with 8.5. I was dancing between that and an 8. I think it doesn't get to the 9. It doesn't get to the 9 because it is purely just about the characters. Uh, there's no... How do, how do I phrase this? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm just waiting to see. Why don't, why, why don't you give it a 9 then? You, you can go first. But, um, simple. My rating system translates to words. Eight is great. Nine is amazing. Ten is you know masterpiece. I think this is you know a you know a really great movie. But it's not all. Oh, this is amazing. It didn't make me come out and go, oh my god, that was fantastic. I guess what I'm trying to say that this is a really good vehicle for the actors to you know bring it their all and really show things off. Yeah. Like a lot of like you know Oscar potential movies tend to be. They tend to be like these vehicles for the characters, um, and the plot is just kind of you know it's there to facilitate that. Yeah, like I think I said uh, in the, the spoiler session, this is driven by the characters' choices. Yeah. You know, it, it's the plot revolve is is just there. It, you know, everything that happens happens because of what they do. Uh, it could it could go up in the future uh, with more watches. It could go down in the future with more watches. Uh, and let's see how it how it maintains over time. But um, it it sits there for me uh, because it, it's really good at its themes and its characters, and that that's it. And that, yeah. that, that's fine. That, that's enough to make a great movie. Clearly, but it never goes. Does the last little above and beyond to to go. That, that, that that's it. On my, you know, just saying. Oh, this is a great movie. Almost feels like it's a disservice to it. But mm. I didn't come out of it and go. That was amazing. So it's kind of okay. That goes in the middle. That's that's yeah. eight point five. Not not the nine. Not the eight. Yeah, and because typically what I'll come out of a, a lot of the Oscar movies every year is that there'll be one or two that I do remember fondly, and I'll go back to a lot of them. I'll come out of going that was good. With really good performances, but ultimately in a year's time, I'm not going to remember any of them. Uh, yeah. I don't think this falls into that category, but I no, don't I think, think it... this is more memorable than yeah. 
a lot of the others that we'll talk about. Oh, that's, I made it turn this into a why, why the Oscar Best Picture winners aren't necessarily... No, we'll, we'll get into that on the news next week. Yeah. Actually, my favourite thing about that, though, just to sort of close that conversation off, is a couple of years ago, Spielberg was presenting Best Picture, and when he came out and he was introducing it, he says, oh, the the the, the winners will, you know, uh, join uh, these films in history, and he, he listed, like, you know, seven or eight Best Picture winners. And he said, but don't worry, because the other nine will... Uh, you know, uh, join these films that were nominated and never won, and he listed about, you know, seven or eight of those films, and the list for the nominated ones that didn't win sounded way better than the ones that actually won, and I'm like, yeah. well, you just summed up Best Picture for me, Spielberg, so, thanks, Spielie. That's how I feel about last year. What won last year? I can't remember. Moonlight. Ah, yeah. Because it see had some... the, whole, the whole debacle. Yeah, I thought I see Moonlight. I, I do want to see Moonlight. Uh, but, uh, so that's three billboards. It is a really good uh, vehicle for all its all of its actors to well act their asses off, uh, with good humour, uh, whilst also dealing with a lot of serious themes uh, with a lot of flawed characters. Yeah, I just I think it impresses me how it it never feels uncomfortable, even though you know it's dealing with all these subjects. Yeah, very easily. I, I, could. I, ne- I never yeah. felt uncomfortable in my seat when I was watching this. It was you know it just kind of rolls in. I, I think that's uh, if nothing else. Uh, Martin McDonough, who directed it, I think that shows he's a master of tone. He knows how yeah. to control the tone of the scenes, uh, no matter Absolutely. what it is, yeah. which is very impressive because I feel like there's a lot of this that could have very quickly became uncomfortable. When Dinklage like confronts her about being embarrassed at dinner table, that could have been uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, Any time Dixon gets racist or homophobic, that should be uncomfortable. I mean, a lot of directors will go for uncomfort because they want you to feel uncomfortable in those scenes. That This was a different tact where it was like, uh, it, it played, just played it differently. Yeah, I think the only time I felt really uncomfortable is when he's beating up bread. And that's like, no, no, this is the moment he snaps. This is the worst it gets. Uh, those two scenes, because I, I would also say the scene with the, the creepy guy in the shop is uncomfortable. Okay, potentially. Yeah. That's, that's, that's suspenseful. You're made to feel, dan- you're made to feel like she's in danger in that yeah, scene. And I, I also appreciate that's the, the outer towner is the uncomfortable. Like, you, Despite all their flaws, it's kind of safe in, in the hometown. You know, oh, I, wouldn't use, I wouldn't of, use safe as the right word. Okay, not safe, but you know, when, when I say, you know, because we're not feeling that uncomfortable, they're not feeling uncomfortable around each other a lot of the time. They're very open, you know, they, they're kind of taunting each other back and forth. They're used to where, the world they're, they're around, they know their community. That's, that's yeah. what you'd say. I wouldn't say they're safe uh, because Dixon might start yeah, throwing okay, punches yeah, at any point. Safe was maybe a poor choice, but the out of towner, that's where, okay, no, no, this is different. Yeah, but no, I like that scene as well, just because it's like the consequences of her putting the billboards up are really coming to show themselves now. Because like, yeah. you know, this was why it was maybe a bad idea. You've basically advertised yourself for whoever did this to maybe show up and do something, or other people who who yeah. hate that she you've done this. She thinks keeping this in the public eye is a good thing, but clearly there are consequences to it as well by making this more national news as opposed to the local story that it was. Yeah, so you know, again, it's, it's escalation. Things keep escalating for for the characters, and it's it's definitely Mildred and Dixon's story. Uh, those two are the characters that we're really kind of following and getting to know uh, throughout the thing. So anyway, that that is uh, three billboards. So by all means, let us know what you think of the film in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. There'll be a link to that in the description. Uh, but otherwise that is that is us so thank you very much once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching movies and we'll see you next time